Section 23 of An Essay Concerning Human Understanding, Book 2, by John Locke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary B. Clayton. Chapter 27 of Identity and Diversity, Part 1. 1. Another occasion the mind often takes of comparing is the very being of things when considering anything as existing at any determined time and place we compare it with itself existing at another time and thereon form the ideas of identity and diversity when we see anything to be in any place in any instant of time we are sure be it what it will that it is that very thing and not another which at that same time exists in another place how like and undistinguishable soever it may be in all other respects and in this consists identity when the ideas it is attributed to vary not at all from what they were at that moment wherein we considered their former existence and to which we compare the present for we never finding nor conceiving it possible that two things of the same kind should exist in the same place at the same time we rightly conclude that whatever exists anywhere at any time excludes all of the same kind and is therefore itself alone when therefore we demand whether anything be the same or no it refers always to something that existed such a time in such a place which it was certain at that instant was the same with itself and no other from whence it follows that one thing cannot have two beginnings of existence nor two things one beginning it being impossible for two things of the same kind to be or exist in the same instant in the very same place or one in the same thing in different places that therefore that had one beginning is the same thing and that which had a different beginning in time and place from that is not the same but diverse that which has made the difficulty about this relation has been the little care and attention used in having precise notions of the things to which it is attributed two we have the ideas of but three sorts of substances one god two finite intelligences three bodies first god is without beginning eternal unalterable and everywhere and therefore concerning his identity there can be no doubt secondly finite spirits having had each its determinate time and place of beginning to exist the relation to that time and place will always determine to each of them its identity as long as it exists thirdly the same will hold of every particle of matter to which no addition or subtraction of matter being made it is the same for though these three sorts of substances as we term them do not exclude one another out of the same place yet we cannot conceive but that they must necessarily each of them exclude any of the same kind out of the same place or else the notions and names of identity and diversity would be in vain and there could be no such distinctions of substances or anything else one from another for example could two bodies be in the same place at the same time then those two parcels of matters must be one and the same take them great or little nay all bodies must be one and the same for by the same reason that two particles of matter may be in one place all bodies may be in one place which when it can be supposed takes away the distinction of identity and diversity of one and more and renders it ridiculous 
but it being a contradiction that two or more should be one identity and diversity are relations and ways of comparing well founded and of use to the understanding all other things being but modes or relations ultimately terminated in substances the identity and diversity of each particular existence of them too will be by the same way determined only as to things whose existence is in succession such as are the actions of finite beings v g motion and thought both which consist in a continued train of succession concerning their diversity there can be no question because each perishing the moment it begins they cannot exist in different times or in different places as permanent beings can at different times exist in distant places and therefore no motion or thought considered as at different times can be the same each part thereof having a different beginning of existence three from what has been said it is easy to discover what is so much inquired after the principium individuationis and that it is plain is existence itself which determines a being of any sort to a particular time and place incommunicable to two beings of the same kind this though it seems easier to conceive in simple substances or modes yet when reflected on is not more difficult in compound ones if care be taken to what it is applied v g let us suppose an atom i e a continued body under one immutable superficies existing in a determined time and place it is evident that considered in any instant of its existence it is in that instant the same with itself for being at that instant what it is and nothing else it is the same and so must continue as long as its existence is continued for so long it will be the same and no other in like manner if two or more atoms be joined together into the same mass every one of those atoms will be the same by the foregoing rule and whilst they exist united together the mass consisting of the same atoms must be the same mass or the same body let the parts be ever so differently jumbled but if one of these atoms be taken away or one new one added it is no longer the same mass or the same body in the state of living creatures their identity depends not on a mass of the same particles but on something else for in them the variation of great parcels of matters alters not the identity an oak growing from a plant to a great tree and then lop is still the same oak and a colt grown up to a horse sometimes fat sometimes lean is all the while the same horse though in both these cases there may be a manifest change of the parts so that truly they are not either of them the same masses of matter though they be truly one of them the same oak and the other the same horse the reason whereof is that in these two cases a mass of matter and a living body identity is not applied to the same thing for we must therefore consider wherein an oak differs from a mass of matter and that seems to me to be in this that the one is only the cohesion of particles of matter anyhow united the other such a disposition of them as constitutes the part of an oak and such an organization of those parts as is fit to receive and distribute nourishment so as to continue and frame the wood bark and leaves etc of an oak in which consists the vegetable life that being then one plant which has such an organization of parts and one coherent body partaking of one common life it continues to be the same plant as long as it partakes of the same life though that life be communicated to new particles of matter vitally united to the living plant 
and a like continued organization conformable to that sort of plants for this organization being at any one instant in any one collection of matter is in that particular concrete distinguished from all other and is that individual life which exists constantly from that moment both forwards and backwards in the same continuity of insensibly succeeding parts united to the living body of the plant it has that identity which makes the same plant and all the parts of it parts of the same plant during all the time that they exist united in that continued organization which is fit to convey that common life to all the parts so united five the case is not so much different in brutes but that any one may hence see what makes an animal and continues it the same something we have like this in machines and may serve to illustrate it for example what is a watch it is plain it is nothing but a fit organization or construction of parts to a certain end which when a sufficient force is added to it it is capable to attain if we would suppose this machine one continued body all whose organized parts were repaired increased or diminished by a constant addition or separation of insensible parts with one common life we should have something very much like the body of an animal with this difference that in an animal the fitness of the organization and the motion wherein life consists begin together the motion coming from within but in machines the force coming sensibly from without is often away when the organ is in order and well fitted to receive it six this also shows wherein the identity of the same man consists viz in nothing but a participation of the same continued life by constantly fleeting particles of matter in succession vitally united to the same organized body he that shall place the identity of man in anything else but like that of other animals in one fitly organized body taken in any one instant and from thence continued under one organization of life in several successively fleeting particles of matter united to it will find it hard to make an embryo one of years mad and sober the same man by any supposition that will not make it possible for seth ismail socrates pilate st austin and caesar borgia to be the same man for if the identity of soul alone makes the same man and there be nothing in the nature of matter why the same individual spirit may not be united to different bodies it will be impossible that those men living in distant ages and of different tempers may have been the same man which way of speaking must be from a very strange use of the word man applied to an idea out of which body and shape are excluded and that way of speaking would agree yet worse with the notions of those philosophers who allow of transmigration and are of opinion that the souls of men may for their miscarriages be detruded into the bodies of beasts as fit habitations with organs suited to the satisfaction of their brutal inclinations but yet i think nobody could he be sure that the soul of heliogabalus were in one of his hogs would yet say that hog were a man or heliogabalus seven it is not therefore unity of substance that comprehends all sorts of identity or will determine it in every case but to conceive and judge of it aright we must consider what idea the word it is applied to stands for it being one thing to be the same substance another the same man and a third the same person if person man and substance are three names standing for three different ideas for such as is the idea belonging to that name such must be the identity which if it had been a little more carefully attended to 
would possibly have prevented a great deal of that confusion which often occurs about this matter with no small seeming difficulties especially concerning personal identity which therefore we shall in the next place a little consider eight an animal is a living organized body and consequently the same animal as we have observed is the same continued life communicated to different particles of matter as they happen successively to be united to that organized living body and whatever is talked of other definitions ingenious observation puts it past doubt that the idea in our minds of which the sound man in our mouths is the sign is nothing else but of an animal of such a certain form since i think i may be confident that whoever should see a creature of his own shape and make though it had no more reason all its life than a cat or a parrot would call him still a man or whoever should hear a cat or a parrot discourse reason and philosophize would call or think it nothing but a cat or a parrot and say the one was a dull irrational man and the other a very intelligent rational parrot a relation we have in an author of great note is sufficient to countenance the supposition of a rational parrot his words are quote, i had a mind to know from prince maurice's own mouth the account of a common but much credited story that i heard so often from many others of an old parrot he had in brazil during his government there that spoke and asked and answered common questions like a reasonable creature so that those of his train there generally concluded it to be witchery or possession and one of his chaplains who lived long afterwards in holland would never from that time endure a parrot but said they all had a devil in them i had heard many particulars of this story and assevered by people hard to be discredited which made me ask prince maurice what there was of it he said with his usual plainness and dryness in talk there was something true but a great deal false of what had been reported i desired to know of him what there was of the first he told me short and coldly that he had heard of such an old parrot when he had been at brazil and though he believed nothing of it and it was a good way off yet he had so much curiosity as to send for it that it was a very great and a very old one and when it came first into the room where the prince was with a great many dutchmen about him it said presently what a company of white men are here they asked it what it thought that man was pointing to the prince it answered some general or other when they brought it close to him he asked it du venez-vous it answered de marinen the prince a qui est vous the parrot a un portugaise prince que fais-tu là parrot je garde les poules the prince laughed and said vous gardez les poules the parrot answered oui moi et je suis bien fier and made the chuck four or five times that people use to make to chickens when they call them translating to english the prince asked it whence come ye it answered from Maranen. the prince to whom do you belong the parrot to a portuguese prince what do you there parrot i look after the chickens the prince laughed and said you look after the chickens the parrot answered yes i and i know well enough how to do it end of translation i set down the words of this worthy dialogue in french just as prince maurice said them to me i asked him in what language the parrot spoke and he said in brazilian i asked whether he understood brazilian he said no but he had taken care to have two interpreters by him the one a dutchman that spoke brazilian and the other a brazilian that spoke dutch that he asked them separately and privately and both of them agreed in telling him just the same thing that the parrot had said 
I could not but tell this odd story, because it is so much out of the way, and from the first hand, and what may pass for a good one, for I dare say this prince at least believed himself in all he told me, having ever passed for a very honest and pious man. I leave it to naturalists to reason, and to other men to believe, as they please upon it. However, it is not, perhaps, amiss to relieve or enliven a busy scene sometimes with such digressions, whether to the purpose or no. End quote. I have taken care that the reader should have the story at large in the author's own words, because he seems to me not to have thought it incredible. For it cannot be imagined that so able a man as he, who had sufficiency enough to warrant all the testimonies he gives of himself, should take so much pains, in a place where it had nothing to do, to pin so close not only on a man whom he mentions as his friend, but on a prince in whom he acknowledges very great honesty and piety, a story which, if he himself thought incredible, he could not but also think ridiculous. The prince, it is plain, who vouches the story, and our author who relates it from him, both of them call this talker a parrot, and I ask any one else who thinks such a story fit to be told, whether if this parrot, and all of its kind, had always talked, as we have a prince's word for it this one did, whether, I say, they would not have passed for a race of rational animals, but yet whether for all that they would have been allowed to be men, and not parrots? For I presume it is not the idea of a thinking or rational being alone that makes the idea of a man in most people's sense, but of a body, so-and-so shaped, joined to it. And if that be the idea of a man, the same successive body not shifted all at once must, as well as the same immaterial spirit, go to the making of the same man. 9. This being premised, to find wherein personal identity consists, we must consider what person stands for, which, I think, is a thinking intelligent being that has reason and reflection, and can consider itself as itself, the same thinking thing in different times and places, which it does only by that consciousness which is inseparable from thinking, and, as it seems to me, essential to it, it being impossible for anyone to perceive without perceiving that he does perceive. When we see, hear, smell, taste, feel, meditate, or will anything, we know that we do. Thus it is always as to our present sensations and perceptions, and by this everyone is to himself that which he calls self, it not being considered in this case whether the same self be continued in the same or diverse substances. For since consciousness always accompanies thinking, and it is that which makes everyone to be what he calls self, and thereby distinguishes himself from all other thinking things, in this alone consists personal identity, i.e. the sameness of a rational being. And as far as this consciousness can be extended backwards to any past action or thought, so far reaches the identity of that person, it is the same self now it was then, and it is by the same self with this present one that now reflects on it, that that action was done. 10. But it is farther inquired whether it be the same identical substance. This few would think they had reason to doubt of, if these perceptions, with their consciousness, always remain present in the mind, whereby the same thinking thing would be always consciously present, and, as would be thought, evidently the same to itself. But that which seems to make the difficulty is this, 
that this consciousness being interrupted always by forgetfulness there being no moment of our lives wherein we have the whole train of all our past actions before our eyes in one view but even the best memories losing the sight of one part whilst they are viewing another and we sometimes and that the greatest part of our lives not reflecting on our past selves being intent on our present thoughts and in sound sleep having no thoughts at all or at least none with that consciousness which remarks our waking thoughts i say in all these cases our consciousness being interrupted and we losing the sight of our past selves doubts are raised whether we are the same thinking thing i e the same substance or no which however reasonable or unreasonable concerns not personal identity at all the question being what makes the same person and not whether it be the same identical substance which always thinks in the same person which in this case matters not at all different substances by the same consciousness where they do partake in it being united into one person as well as different bodies by the same life are united into one animal whose identity is preserved in that change of substances by the unity of one continued life for it being the same consciousness that makes a man be himself to himself personal identity depends on that only whether it be annexed solely to one individual substance or can be continued in a succession of several substances for as far as any intelligent being can repeat the idea of any past action with the same consciousness it had of it at first and with the same consciousness it has of any present action so far it is the same personal self for it is by the consciousness it has of its present thoughts and actions that it is self to itself now and so will be the same self as far as the same consciousness can extend to actions past or to come and would be by distance of time or change of substance no more two persons than a man be two men by wearing other clothes to-day than he did yesterday with a long or a short sleep between the same consciousness uniting those distant actions into the same person whatever substances contributed to their production eleven that this is so we have some kind of evidence in our very bodies all whose particles whilst vitally united to this same thinking conscious self so that we feel when they are touched and are affected by and conscious of good or harm that happens to them are a part of ourselves i e of our thinking conscious self thus the limbs of his body are to every one a part of himself he sympathizes and is concerned for them cut off a hand and thereby separate it from that consciousness he had of its heat cold and other affections and it is then no longer a part of that which is himself any more than the remotest part of matter thus we see the substance whereof personal self consisted at one time may be varied at another without the change of personal identity there being no question about the same person though the limbs which but now were a part of it be cut off twelve but the question is quote, whether if the same substance which thinks be changed it can be the same person or remaining the same it can be different persons end quote and to this i answer first this can be no question at all to those who place thought in a purely material animal constitution void of an immaterial substance for whether their supposition be true or no it is plain they conceive personal identity preserved in something else than identity of substance as animal identity is preserved in identity of life and not of substance 
and therefore those who place thinking in an immaterial substance only before they can come to deal with these men must show why personal identity cannot be preserved in the change of immaterial substances or a variety of particular immaterial substances as well as animal identity is preserved in the change of material substances or a variety of particular bodies unless they will say it is one immaterial spirit that makes the same life in brutes as it is one immaterial spirit that makes the same person in men which the cartesians at least will not admit for fear of making brutes thinking things too thirteen but next as to the first part of the question quote, whether if the same thinking substance supposing immaterial substance only to think be changed it can be the same person end quote. i answer that cannot be resolved but by those who know what kind of substances they are that do think and whether the consciousness of past actions can be transferred from one thinking substance to another i grant were the same consciousness the same individual action it could not but it being a present representation of a past action why it may not be possible that that may be represented to the mind to have been which really never was will remain to be shown and therefore how far the consciousness of past actions is annexed to any individual agent so that another cannot possibly have it will be hard for us to determine till we know what kind of action it is that cannot be done without a reflex act of perception accompanying it and how performed by thinking substances who cannot think without being conscious of it but that which we call the same consciousness not being the same individual act why one intellectual substance may not have represented to it as done by itself what it never did and was perhaps done by some other agent why i say such a representation may not possibly be without reality of matter of fact as well as several representations in dreams are which yet whilst dreaming we take for true will be difficult to conclude from the nature of things and that it never is so will by us till we have clearer views of the nature of thinking substances be best resolved into the goodness of god who as far as the happiness or misery of any of his sensible creatures is concerned in it will not by a fatal error of theirs transfer from one to another that consciousness which draws reward or punishment with it how far this may be an argument against those who would place thinking in a system of fleeting animal spirits i leave to be considered but yet to return to the question before us it must be allowed that if the same consciousness which as has been shown is quite a different thing from the same numerical figure or motion in body can be transferred from one thinking substance to another it will be possible that two thinking substances may make but one person for the same consciousness being preserved whether in the same or different substances the personal identity is preserved fourteen as to the second part of the question quote, whether the same immaterial substance remaining there may be two distinct persons end quote, which question seems to me to be built on this whether the same immaterial being being conscious of the action of its past duration may be wholly stripped of all the consciousness of its past existence and lose it beyond the power of ever retrieving again and so as it were beginning a new account from a new period have a consciousness that cannot reach beyond this new state all those who hold pre-existence are evidently of this mind since they allow the soul to have no remaining consciousness of what it did in that pre-existent state either wholly separate from body 
or informing in any other body and if they should not it is plain experience would be against them so that personal identity reaching no further than consciousness reaches a pre-existent spirit not having continued so many ages in a state of silence must needs make different persons suppose a christian platonist or pythagorean should upon god's having ended all his works of creation the seventh day think his soul hath existed ever since and would imagine it has revolved in several human bodies as i once met with one who was persuaded his had been the soul of socrates how reasonably i will not dispute this i know that in the post he filled which was no inconsiderable one he passed for a very rational man and the press has shown that he wanted not parts or learning would any one say that he being not conscious of any of socrates actions or thoughts could be the same person with socrates let any one reflect upon himself and conclude that he has in himself an immaterial spirit which is that which thinks in him and in the constant change of his body keeps him the same and is that which he calls himself let him also suppose it to be the same soul that was in nestor or thersites at the siege of troy for souls being as far as we know anything of them in their nature indifferent to any parcel of matter the supposition has no apparent absurdity in it which it may have been as well as it is now the soul of another man but he now having no consciousness of any of the actions of either nestor or thersites does or can he conceive himself the same person with either of them can he be concerned in either of their actions attribute them to himself or think them his own more than the actions of any other men that ever existed so that this consciousness not reaching to any of the actions of either of those men he is no more one self with either of them than if the soul or immaterial spirit that now informs him had been created and began to exist when it began to inform his present body though it were ever so true that the same spirit that informed nestor's or thersites body were numerically the same that now informs his for this would no more make him the same person with nestor than if some of the particles of matter that were once a part of nestor were now a part of this man the same immaterial substance without the same consciousness no more making the same person by being united to anybody than the same particle of matter without consciousness united to anybody makes the same person but let him once find himself conscious of any of the actions of nestor he then finds himself the same person with nestor fifteen and thus we may be able without any difficulty to conceive the same person at the resurrection though in a body not exactly in make or parts the same which he had here the same consciousness going along with the soul that inhabits it but yet the soul alone in the change of bodies would scarce to any one but to him that makes the soul the man be enough to make the same man for should the soul of a prince carrying with it the consciousness of the prince's past life enter and inform the body of a cobbler as soon as deserted by his own soul every one sees he would be the same person with the prince accountable only for the prince's actions but who would say it was the same man the body too goes to the making of the man and would i guess to everybody determine the man in this case wherein the soul with all its princely thoughts about it would not make another man but he would be the same cobbler to every one besides himself i know that in the ordinary way of speaking the same person and the same man stand for one and the same thing 
and indeed every one will always have a liberty to speak as he pleases and to apply what articulate sounds to what ideas he thinks fit and change them as often as he pleases but yet when we will inquire what makes the same spirit man or person we must fix the ideas of spirit man or person in our minds and having resolved with ourselves what we mean by them it will not be hard to determine in either of them or the like when it is the same and when not sixteen but though the same immaterial substance or soul does not alone wherever it be and in whatever state make the same man yet it is plain consciousness as far as ever it can be extended should it be to ages past unites existences and actions very remote in time into the same person as well as it does the existences and actions of the immediately preceding moment so that whatever has the consciousness of present and past actions is the same person to whom they both belong had i the same consciousness that i saw the ark and noah's flood as that i saw an overflowing of the thames last winter or as that i write now i could no more doubt that i who write this now that saw the thames overflowed last winter and that viewed the flood as the general deluge was the same self place that self in what substance you please then that i who write this am the same myself now whilst i write whether i consist of all the same substance material or immaterial or no that i was yesterday for as to this point of being the same self it matters not whether this present self be made up of the same or other substances i being as much concerned and as justly accountable for any action that was done a thousand years since appropriated to me now by this self-consciousness as i am for what i did the last moment end of section twenty three recording by gary b clayton